kingdom of God. I want to preach out of Hebrews chapter number 2, verse number 10. I think this will be going on the screen somewhere. Yes, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 2, verse number 10, the ESV translation. Uh, I, want to, I want to read this, and I'm going to kind of get stuck on one word. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, meaning God the Father, and bringing many sons to glory. This, this is the part of the verse that I want you to concentrate on. In bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. By the way, for those that don't like suffering, you then reject perfection. Because without suffering, there is no perfection. So I've seen so many successful Men say, but I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. Congratulations, they will never be great. Until they're able to go through suffering, they cannot become great. It is impossible. It's biblical. <laughs> so he was perfected, even though he was already a son, he was perfected, which is the word teleos. He was made complete by the things that he suffered. Now, I want to I share... Um, uh, on this particular topic of the glory. The glory fascinates me. I love, uh, I love to think about the glory of God from the Old Testament days when uh, Moses saw the glory coming in like a cloud, Exodus chapter number 16, the presence of God uh, where he would go to the top of the mountain and the cloud would cover him, uh, where he would go to the tent of meeting and the cloud would cover him, where... He would go into the tabernacle and the, and the cloud would cover him. It was the visible presence for the God that could not allow you to see him. So the cloud was visible and so was he, but if you were to see him, you would die. So the cloud was both a revelation of who he is in his majesty as well as the screen that kept you alive. I love the glory. I love the glory. I love to think of the glory when it filled the house of God, Second Chronicles chapter number 5, where the priest could not stand to minister because everybody was in unity. So rare, I think the glory of the Lord might come again if we all came into unity. Because where there's unity, so is the presence of God. I love the glory. I love the glory. I love it because it was Moses didn't even know he was wearing it. He, Moses came, came down from the mountain, and the Bible says that uh, he had to cover, he had to put a veil over his face. But the purpose of the veil was not so that they would see the glory; is so they wouldn't see when the glory left. How many know that you cannot stay in a perpetual state of glory? <clears throat> you cannot. It's impossible. Neither did Jesus. Only one time was the glory revealed. Is Entire ministry, Matthew 17, Mark 9, Luke 9. On the Mount of Transfiguration, the glory was there whenever he was literally became translucent and was transformed, transfigured in front of them, experienced a metamorphosis where his humanity was pulled back and they saw who he really was. That was the glory that he had from eternity, but... They only saw it one time. They called it the majestic glory. We are witnesses of the majestic glory. 
I love the glory. I love to talk about the glory, the presence of God. But God has so ordained that you be flesh and soul and spirit and that you be balanced. I don't have a halo around my head. You don't have one either. Neither did Mary, the mother of Jesus. Neither did Jesus. Those little golden halos are the figment of an artist's imagination. Nobody saw a halo around Jesus, yet he was God. Because when he came to earth, he came absolutely normal, Hebrews 2.10. <clears throat> Excuse me, Hebrews 2.14. He came absolutely normal, absolutely human-like in every way so that he could become a good, faithful high priest suffering everything that you suffer. No halos. When he was a baby, he didn't have a halo on his head. Artists did that to speak a false doctrine back whenever they didn't have books so they would paint it so that he looked like deity, but Mary was a bigger deity, and she had her own halo, so here's this little tiny Jesus halo, this great big Mary halo, to give you some doctrinal point that was actually not accurate. Whenever Jesus came to earth, he was normal in every single way. So once and once only did the glory become visible so that three people could see it, not including Moses and Elijah. The glory of the Lord. I love the glory of the Lord. The Bible is full of illustrations. There are 376 times of the Old Testament where the word glory kabod is mentioned. Over 200 times in the New Testament, the doxa is mentioned, the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. But are you aware of the fact that the glory of the Lord, meaning his presence that is visible, is mentioned less often than the other definition of glory that means to bring honor? For instance, the Bible says that we are to glorify God. Well, how can you bring glory to one who has it all? How can you bring glory to the majestic holiness? How can you bring glory to the ineffable one? How can you bring glory to the one who has so much glory you can't even stand to look at him or you're dead? How can I glorify God? Well, that opens you up to the other definition, and that is to bring honor, praise to him. Not that he needs it, but you need it. Because when you glorify God, it brings glory to you. Isn't that amazing? Whenever Jesus glorified the Father, John 12, 28, Father, glorify yourself. He said, I did, and I'll do it again. At the same time Jesus is glorifying the Father, the Father is glorifying the Son. Speaks from heaven, Luke 3, 22, this is my Son. I love my Son. If you're going to be a good dad, you need to know how to glorify your sons and your daughters. They belong to me. They belong to me. I'm so blessed to have my daughter here today. My son is in North Carolina, but I've already heard from him early this morning. I'm so blessed to be able to glorify my kids. And my kids glorify me. And as soon as they glorify me, I glorify them back again. Because it is the pattern of the Trinity that it never stops. The Father glorifies the Son. The Son glorifies the Father until it is a nonstop party of glorification. So as soon as you're glorified, doxadzo, 
you then have to you then have to pass it on or it becomes like the dead sea it begins to reduce in you if god glorifies you but you don't glorify anybody else it begins to reduce it until it becomes stagnant in you i just had a few minutes with your pastor before service i heard him say to several people that they were the greatest <laughs> so i had a feeling that he says that about everybody that is the greatest. Which indicates to me that there's a lot of you that glorify him because he's glorifying you. You were the greatest, and they were the greatest, and they were the greatest. But then that begins to complete the heart of God only when that returns in a reciprocity. Because God glorifies you, do you glorify God? How am I going to glorify God? I glorify God in my speech. I don't use curse words. Because I am a child of the king, I don't let my vocabulary lower me to imbecility. I glorify my God with my words. I praise him from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head I will speak of your faithfulness. I will glorify you. I will honor you. I will tell others about you in a positive way. I won't blame you for anything. I will praise you for everything. Even if I don't understand, I'm going to praise you because I'm going to glorify you. So Revelation chapter number 4, 11, worthy is the Lord God Almighty, worthy to receive grace, to receive glory and honor and power. Revelation 4.11, worthy is the Lord God Almighty to receive glory. Are you glorifying God today? Are you glorifying God today? I don't have time for small talk. I don't have time for negative talk. I don't have time to tell you how bad the weather is and how hot it is and how humid it is and how muggy it is. I only can praise God who gave it. I don't care what he gave. I praise God for hailstones. Especially since my son-in-law is a roofer, I praise God for hailstones. I praise God for everything. I praise God for everything because my God is worthy to be praised. When I praise him, I glorify him. I honor him with my life. I took a young man out to breakfast one time. I went up to pay the bill, but I already left the tip on the table. While I was up paying the bill, I glanced back at the table, and he had taken my tip from under my plate and moved it under his plate. So it would appear that he had tipped the waiter. I said, are you a Christian? He said, yes. I said, don't tell anybody. Your life does not glorify God. Years ago, you'll know how many years ago it was when I tell you the price of ice cream. A preacher's kid was standing, saying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I was standing next to him, Daddy, 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 I want an ice cream. The ice cream truck is coming down. 25 cents, Daddy, I want, I want 25. I want an ice cream. Can you give me 25 cents? And his dad said, I'm a poor preacher. You know that I can't afford 25 cents. And I gave the kid a dollar, and I said, Your dad's a preacher. Buy four. How many know that you can glorify God in your finances? You can glorify God in your finances and put God first in your finances. I don't know of an offering 
that I have not given to anywhere in the world. I don't know any place that I have not blessed the kingdom of God because I want to glorify God with my finances. Whenever I hear there's a need, I don't pray about it. They say pray about it. Somebody has a need. Don't pray about it. Meet the need. They got a need? No prayer needed. Do it. Glorify God in your good works because you will be judged according to your good works. Hello? Few amens on that one. <laughs> Glorify God by the way you treat people. Glorify God by the way you treat your family. Glorify God. But I want to narrow it down to this. I am fascinated <clears throat> with the English monarchy. Fascinates me. I've been to England many, many times. I don't think there's ever been a time that I have not gone to the Tower of London. Because in the Tower of London, you will see 1,000 years of British history, including all of their monarchs in the history, as well as the crown jewels. I love it. I don't want to be under a monarchy on this earth because I don't want to be subject to a carnal king or queen or mortal, I should say, not carnal, because they could be godly. But I, my allegiance to the kingdom of God is indisputable. I am a subject to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I was born into a kingdom, not a democracy. And by the way, churches are not democracies. So if you don't get your way, get over it. Your leader's obligation is not to the pew or anybody sitting in it but to the head of the church. But I am subject to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But as a historian, I love to know the history of all the kings of England. I love, as I study world history, it fascinates me. One of them that really got my attention was King George V the grandson of Queen Victoria. King George V had, had three sons. One son died early, did not live, and he had two other sons. One of the sons' names was Albert, and one of the sons' names was Edward. Edward, after the oldest son died, Edward was next in line. And then after Edward was Albert. Close to his death, King George V said, <clears throat> within one year after Edward becomes king, he will ruin he will literally destroy the monarchy. Well, he was very accurate. He was very prophetic because his son was a womanizer, had so many women that the crown couldn't keep up with them, including one who was an American, once divorcee, and then began having an affair with him before she had completed her second divorce. 
a woman of ill repute that he was drawn to. But he had a dad that said and prophesied that he would be destructive of the monarchy before one year was out. So he was to be coronated in January, and in December he abdicated the throne. His dad was right. The problem is that his dad never glorified him. He only glorified the second son, who would then become known as King George VI, the father of Queen Elizabeth. He already condemned that son to ill repute. I'm not excusing the actions of the son. I am saying that when you have a dad that says you're going to come to nothing within a year, probably the dad has spoken the destruction of the son before he ever fulfills that term. Very, very, very sad to me. He lived literally in infamy the rest of his life, lived as a renegade, a rebellious son who brought disgrace upon the crown, and now we're seeing it again in one of the princes. The son was not glorified by the dad, and the dad was not glorified by the son. The son did not honor the monarchy, but brought ill repute and disrespect to it. We have an obligation as children of God to understand I am part and you are part of royalty. And the purpose of God in this verse that you just read is in bringing many. See, God was not content with one son. And now I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about sons and daughters because in the Bible you're one. We're not talking about gender here. So God was not content to just glorify one son in bringing many sons into glory, which means your full identity, including the spiritual aspect of his presence, and bringing you into the full release of who you are as a child of the king. God has said you're not normal, you're not average, you're a prince, you're a princess. You are part of royalty. I give you full inheritance. In fact, double that because of Jesus. I give you all of my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones ruling with me as I sat on the throne with my father. I will make you joint heirs because of me and heirs of God because of me as well. I'm going to establish that kingship spirit in you but that is going to require that you do something, and that is act like royalty. The way you walk and the way you talk. Many years ago, I was invited to speak at a conference in San Antonio. We were living in Amarillo at the time. Drove to San Antonio, and I was waiting in line. Uh, I was waiting in line at the buffet because it was a lunch break with all of the other leaders and pastors that were there, there was a man directly in front of me. He did not say his name. Nobody introduced me to him, but I thought, wow, I don't know who this guy is, but he's a big deal. I have no idea who he is. Nobody has told me. He and his wife are standing there. How many know that whenever you stand in the presence of somebody special, you can feel it? And you can also feel the opposite. 
I asked somebody, who is this man that is directly in front of me? And they said, oh, don't you know who he is? He's a three-star general of the U.S. Army. I didn't need to ask, really. He acts like a general. He has the carriage of a general. He has the attitude of a general. How many know that when you're the king's kid, you act like you're the king's kid? You bring honor to his majesty. You speak of his majesty in ways of adoration and praise. You come into his presence wanting to bow down. Years ago, they used to sing this song, All rise, all rise. According to the Bible, whenever you get into his presence, you don't rise. You can't stand up. They all fall down as soon as the king arrives. They all fall down. Everybody falls down. Because whenever you come into the presence of his majesty, but that is the one that says, I came to send my son to be glorified among you so that he now can glorify you. Years ago, I was um, enthralled with Catherine Kuhlman. I was, Trina had just been born. We were in, living in uh, the Oakland, the, the Bay Area of San Francisco. I was assisting at a church there as a choir director and a youth pastor. I was an assistant pastor. I was enthralled. Catherine Kuhlman was coming to Oakland, California, to Los Angeles, California, Seattle, Washington, and she was daily on the radio, and she would make, how many ever heard Catherine Kuhlman? She was very exaggerated. She just, she could not talk normal. She had to talk exaggerated for God and the Holy Spirit is in this place. I just thought she was the coolest person ever. Kind of strange, but... And she would make a statement. And God will not share his glory with another. Isaiah 42, verse number 8. And God will not... And that's very, very true. So I was leading worship one time, and I decided to quote her. And God will not share his glory with another. And I felt my words go over the edge of the podium and fall down to the floor. They were as dead as you can get dead. And I heard the voice of the, of the Holy Spirit say, you need to read the New Testament. On the final prayer of Jesus, John 17, 22, Father, the glory that you gave me, I give to them. Father, the glory that you gave me, I give to them. Do you understand? He glorified you with kingly authority, kingly carriage, kingly power, kingly possession. So stop acting like paupers and start giving away the glory. If you've received the glory, you have been deputized to give it away. To your spouse, honey, your queen. Over two million people watched, viewed the memorial of my wife. December 7th, over two million people because she was a queen. She treated me as a king and I treated her as a queen. She was like my tear that I held special in my hands. It breaks my heart whenever I see a wife that has a countenance that says my husband has destroyed me. 
with his words, with his actions. It breaks my heart when I see children who can only look to the floor because nobody has ever told them they're special. You're obligated through the word of God and through my message today to spread the glory, beginning with your spouse, beginning with your spouse and your children. My children are princes and they're princesses. My cho I said to one little girl, I said, do you have any idea how awesome you are? She said, oh, that's what they all tell me. <laughs> to raise your children as monarchy, as royalty, to treat your children, you're so special. It's not a matter of railing on their imperfections. It's a matter on elevating who God made them to be. They were made in the image of God. They are the glory, the reflection of God, the radiance of God. Speak to them until you cause them to shine brighter because you are in their lives. You're obligated to bring many sons into glory. Daughters into glory, releasing them into the beautiful, beautiful family of royalty until they become like Daniel, 10 times better. Do you realize that Daniel was 17 years of age when he was taken into captivity? Seven, 605 years before Christ, 17 years of age. And then because of his anointing and his refusal to compromise, the Bible says that he became 10 times better. As a, as a prince of Judah, he was taken a prisoner of war and became a prince of Babylon. And then Babylon was conquered, 639, whenever, uh, 539, whenever Babylon was conquered, then he became a prisoner of war of Persia. He is a prince in three different nations because if you're a prince, you're a prince. Wherever you are, you're a prince. So don't lower yourself. Don't lower yourself to the substandard of acting normal. You're not normal. You're the child of the king. Your children are royalty. Your family is royalty. There is something about you that leaves a fragrance everywhere you go, and it's the fragrance of Jesus. I glorified my wife for nearly 59 years. I glorify my children to this day. I glorify my grandchildren. I go nowhere except I tell people about my children, my grandchildren. I glorify them. I glorify you. As soon as I get to know you, I'm going to glorify you. I glorify your leaders. God has called me because I've been glorified to be a glorifier. Bring honor. Bring honor. <laughs> Praise God. Romans 8, 28, we all quote that. We don't quote 29 and 30 very often. All things work together for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. For those that he foreknew, 
He predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those that he predestined, he also called. And those that he called, he also justified. And those that he justified, he also... Say it again. Those he justified, he also... Say it again. Those he justified, he also... That's past tense. Everything in the Bible is past tense. He already brought you into the family. I'm an heir of God. My dad is a king. And his dad is a king. And my kids are going to be kings. We're going to be a kingdom of priests unto our God. We're going to give glory, honor, praise to Jesus, Revelation 5, 12. We're going to give wisdom and power and might and honor and glory and blessing. We're going to give it to God, and God gives it right back to you and says, give it on, pass it on, pass it on, in bringing many sons to glory. In the next service, there will be several dozen of the spirit, my spiritual sons in this area that will be here. And the reason is because it's Father's Day and they're honoring me. But I want you to know I run a spiritual adoption agency. I may see a person only one time, but you're going to feel glorified. You're going to feel glorified. I don't care if it's only one time. Wow. I can tell you the Spirit of the Lord is here right now. The Spirit of the Lord is here right now. We're going to release the glory. And you're going to release the glory, and today you're going to establish the kingdom in your home and glorify your children. Don't ever think of them as average, mediocre, normal. I don't care what their talents are. They are exceptional because they were made in the image of God. They are the glory of God. <clears throat> I want you to stand with me, if you would, please. Thank you for joining us online here at Hill City. We're so honored that you would take the time to join us remotely and to celebrate the goodness of Jesus. I hope that word spoke to you. I hope that you were blessed today, and I hope that you are encouraged to go forth in the confidence of Jesus this week, wherever you are. If you made a decision today uh, to serve Jesus for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. Would you text DECIDED to 469 606 2684 and uh, we want to respond and again just connect with you and celebrate the beginning of an amazing discipleship journey with Jesus don't forget next week we are here again same place same time nine o'clock and until then we hope you have an amazing week